So, you might remember, if you were here a few weeks back, that, uh, was it Ken Barnes that, that preached for, no, uh, Chamberlain? Herb. Herb. I get, I'm, anyway. So, I gave him the lections for that day, and he said, can I just pick my own? I said, sure. So, he picked this text. So, you might have actually heard the sermon two weeks ago, which is actually very good, because I guarantee you, whatever he said, this will be different. And it's really, it's a good thing to hear though because when you read a text and anybody who reads a text and tells you what it means, be afraid, be very, very afraid. Because it's what they think it means and it's what they think it means right then in their lives. And I guarantee you at another point in their lives it will have meant something different. So we're going to talk about this passage today. Jacob has been a weasel his whole life, okay? He has been a weasel, and, and I like to say that the karmic wheel grinds slow but exceedingly fine. As Mary said, he tricked his brother into the birthright and then and his father into uh, blessing him instead of Esau, and now he's working for his uncle for the woman of his dreams. I'll work with you seven years for your youngest daughter, Rachel. And he works for seven years and says, give me my wife or my time is complete. Goes into her, wakes up the next morning and says, oops. Goes out, um, you know, we had a deal. Seven years. And, and I love how, how respectful scripture is and the men of the Bible are to the women. And he says, complete your work with this one. Don't you just love to be called this one? You got two daughters and you got this one and that one, not even Rachel and Leah. You know, Leah, Leah, whatever. And work, okay, you got to stay with her one week and then you get the other sister and you work another seven years. Once you work another seven years and you get the second sister, you get the second sister after one week. This is going to be a happy tent. <laughs> this is going to be a happy tent. This is one of the things when I love the conversations today when people are talking about we need to get back to biblical marriage. We need to get back to traditional values. I'm like, which marriage are you speaking of? Because when you go back, and these are supposed to be the people that were like, you know, like God chose these people. I'm like, mm, they had some issues. So we can always do better, and I think we are. Anyway, I digress. So Jacob has worked 14 years for Laban. And what we didn't read is that um, at the end, Laban really wants to stick it to Jacob good. And so he says, okay, we're going to divide the sheep. And the ones, basically all the good ones are going to be Laban's and all the sickly ones are going to be Jacob. And Jacob hides all the good ones and he remarks all the bad ones so they look like the good ones. So he ends up with all the good ones. And, and Laban ends up with all the bad ones. I'm telling you, these people are weasels. They are really, they really know how to do it. So you, you can't feel all that bad. So this is, this is the patriarch, okay? You know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. These are our three main patriarchs. And it's time to go back, and God appears again and says, go back to the land that I showed you when you had your dream where the angels went up and down the ladder. You know, we are, we are climbing Jacob's ladder. Go back to the land that I promised to Abraham, and there I am going to bless you again, and you will be like the stars in the sky. You will be like the sands of the desert. You know, your people will be everywhere, and the world will be blessed through you. 
only one problem. To get there, you got to go through a little territory controlled by your brother. The same brother you cheated out of your, his uh, blessing from Esau. And one look at all of Jacob's flocks and his two wives plus their two maids, so that really is four wives, um, however you want to look at it. I tell you what, that's too many. Um, what was that? What was the line? Um, polygamy is one wife too many, and so is monogamy. Um, I am relying on the fact that Mary will be in a very good mood after Brantley's celebration afterwards that I will get away with this. Um, that's the hope. We are people of hope in the church. Anyway. So Jacob has got to now cross the desert, and he's got to cross his brother's lands. And his, his brother, has the last thing his brother said was, uh, you know what, I'm going to kill that son of a you-know-what. And Esau is a good, strong man. He holds his anger. Okay. So this is, Jacob has been promised by God now. That when he gets to the promised land, he's going to be blessed. But he don't believe it. Because he thinks his brother's going to kill him. If you think you're going to get there safely, you don't worry, do you? So what's he do? Any strong patriarch of the faith, he takes half his wife and half his flocks and goes one direction, half in the other, and he sends them off. And so he is left, scripture, I love this line, he is left alone. And we all know what it's like to face something alone. Whether it's the death of your mother, it's the loss of a parent, a child, a dream, whatever it is. There are certain times, no matter how many friends you have, no matter how much family you have, there is a moment in your life when you are facing it alone. And then what do you do? Scripture says that when Jacob is alone and he's basically, you know, he's trying to, he's still trying to figure it out himself. He wants to be the master of his fate. He wants to be the captain of his ship. And that's when the angel comes. The man says, it says man, this the later says angel. The later says, I've seen God face to face. He's struggled with all night. And the angel says, let me go because the dawn is breaking. And Jacob says, I won't let you go. Now, you can't do this to God with impunity, folks. So, touches and dislocates his hip, which is no picnic. Walks with a limp for the rest of his life. But he says to Jacob, you shall no longer be called Jacob. For you have struggled with humans and with God and have prevailed, but you will be called Israel. Now I want you to think about that. Abraham did everything God ever asked him to do, even willing to sacrifice his son Isaac. He had the knife in his hand, and it was right there when the angel stops him and says, there's a thicket, don't do it. Scripture claims that he passed the test. I claim he fails it. You don't sacrifice your child. God does not want you to sacrifice that which you love. Never. Jacob 
is a weasel. But look what happens. When he is at his weakest, when, need when he needs help the most, he has the gall to say, I'm not going to let you go, God, until you bless me. How many of you are Monty Python fans? All right. There is a scene in, my, in um, a Holy Grail, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, that I just, it is so sacrilegious, and I just absolutely love it. So Arthur and his knights are going to Camelot, and, and the clouds part, and this big, white, typical, long-bearded god with the big crown, big crown, this is the big god, using the big voice, and it's Arthur, Arthur, king of the Britons, oh, stop groveling, there's one thing I can't stand, it's people groveling. Sorry, and stop apologizing every time I try to talk to someone. It's sorry this and forgive me that, and I'm not worthy. What are you doing now? I'm averting my eyes, oh Lord. Well, don't. It's like those miserable psalms. They're so depressing. Now knock it off. <laughs> you know, I love this because God is saying, would you, you know, oh God, I'm... We're not, you know, we're not worthy. Oh, I'm sorry this and forgive me that and I'm not worthy. I mean, if there's one person who ain't worthy, it's Jacob. <laughs> Jacob is not worthy. There's no way you can read this story at any point and said, oh, that makes Jacob worthy. Uh-uh, it ain't there. I challenge you to find it. It is not in the text. God chooses them anyway, and I think, why? Because he knows when he needs help. When he needs help, he has the chutzpah and the faith to say, I can't do it alone. I need a blessing. The point of the story for me, and I, this is my favorite this is my absolute favorite scripture of them all. Because what it tells me is that the blessings come at the end. It's after the hip gets dislocated. And what happens in our lives is the going gets really hard, and then we start getting beat up a little bit, and we just give up. And now sometimes I will tell you that there are some situations where you're getting beat up and you need to get out of dodge. But there are other times where you're this close to getting the blessing. And we give up. And we walk away. And we say, mm, it's too hard. Instead of Jacob saying, I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. The entire Hebrew people are named after Jacob because he was what the people needed. Oh God, we need help. We can't do it by ourselves. And so I'm asking you to keep faith. Remember, the blessings come 
at the end. And if you want other examples, when Moses goes to God and God says to Moses, lead the Hebrew people out of Egypt, and this is obviously later, and Moses says, they're going to want a sign to know that I'm not talking to some fool. They're going to want to see a sign of power that when they start to leave Egypt, it's going to work out. This is God's sign. This shall be your sign. After you have left Egypt, you will worship me on my holy mountain. Thanks for the sign. Really, really helpful that sign is. There's a little bit between now and then that hasn't transpired yet. And that's the point. We walk, and the blessings come at the end. If we walk in faith, and we hold on to what we need, and we ask God, it comes. I've told this story, but I just love it, so I'm going to tell again, allow your mind to wander if you've been with me a while. I worked as a chaplain with Billy Brandon. She was an African-American, and she would just stop in the middle of the day, and she'd just say, Lord, I need a blessing. And she'd get it. I mean, she'd just stop, and in the middle of the hall, and it'd scare the you-know-what out of all the doctors and nurses. And she would just, Lord, I need a blessing. And she'd get it, and she'd get through the rest of her day. And I always thought, that's the way it's supposed to be claiming it, claiming what God wants to give us. Because so many of us, oh God, I know you have a lot on your mind. There's a lot going on in the world. My problems are pretty small. I'm really embarrassed to say that I've just severed my arm. (laughs) I know you gave me another one. And we do this. God loves, at least in this case, Jacob, who has the chutzpah, to wrestle and say, I need a blessing. I pray that we all turn to God in our times of weakness and not think, do we deserve it? But can God give it? Because God can give it. And if we hold on to that, there's no place we can't go. And that's good news. Amen.